Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Amber and Ian brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at progressive.com. You can find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me at Amber W Sports. Ian, at the NFL Honors, we got the reveal of the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2024, and it included our next guest. So we are delighted to have on Dwight Freeney, seven-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champ, and now, of course, Hall of Famer. So let's just start there, Dwight. How does it feel? I mean, are you used to it yet? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> um, uh, he, you know, I'm above... Above the moon, man. I have not landed yet. Um, you know, this is something that, you know, it's a lifetime achievement. And whenever you can get to this type of plateau where you're at, you know, it's peak, man. It's just, yeah, you don't want to come down. And I hadn't come down yet, and I've been smiling ever since I heard it. Yeah, 93 to overcome poor coaching in two stops. I mean, the Indy and, and, the, the, and uh, the Detroit Lions with a guy named Fitzsimmons, first name Devin. I mean, to, to get to Canton with that guy, I mean, my gosh, on your back. <laughs> I mean, that's beyond impressive. Hey, go back to where your, your journey began. I'll take the shot at my little brother. You don't have to, Dwight. Uh, yeah, I'll, 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 I love him. I'll do it for you. <laughs> go back to where the journey began. Uh, if you go back and tell an 8-year-old Dwight Freeney, a 10-year-old Dwight Freeney, you're going to be in Canton one day, what would that young man have said? I mean, I, honestly, it, 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 you know, I watched Lawrence Taylor, okay? Lawrence Taylor was my idol growing up. And I always wanted to be like him. All right. And um, I always tried to play as hard as him, you know, when I was on the field, mimic some of his moves, you know, um, probably not really consciously, you know, just because I've been watching him for so long. So me at eight years old, if you told me that, I would, you know, I'd probably still be doing backflips and curling <laughs> and, and jumping up and screaming at the top of my lungs at eight years old. Uh, knowing that I would be on Lawrence Taylor's team um, in the end. So you're inspired by Lawrence Taylor, Dwight Freeney joining us here on Amber and Ian. Is it true that you were also inspired by uh, Mix One tapes? I read that and one mixtapes were like your thing when you were growing up and that you got some of your moves from them. Oh, absolutely. I, I was a huge basketball fan, okay? And back in the 90s, um, if you remember, there was these and one mixtapes, right? And yeah. those oh, and yeah. one mixtapes, you had guys, yeah, you had guys doing the craziest moves, you know, um, probably 95% of them were carrying or traveling, you know, for the most part, but it made the defensive player guarding him on the basketball court look absolute silly, you know, and I wanted to see a, find a way to take that from the basketball court to the football field. And I remember in practice one day, I was going at it, trying to figure out what move can make this offensive tackle look completely silly, fall on his face. And that's kind of how the spin move kind of started with me. 
And ever since then, you know, I, I just kept doing it, you know, keep on sharpening the sword, you know, working with coaches that gave me the ability and the freedom to do it. Because that's one thing you don't realize is there's coaches, you know, especially back in the day that taught never turn your back to the quarterback or the ball. All right. And that was obviously completely opposite of what I was doing. And um, they allowed me to do it because they saw that I could be successful at doing it. And, you know, the rest is history. You brought a little street ball to the NFL and a hell of a career you had from that 2024 Hall of Famer Dwight Freeney joining us here. Dwight, take me through the moments before you found out because you walked through the door. The man who drafted you, Tony Dungy, he says, welcome to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But I want to know before that what we didn't see. What were you doing in the few minutes before that? And And is it like getting proposed to where you kind of start realizing what's happening a few minutes before it happens, Dwight? No, you know, it's funny. It's, I had no, absolutely no clue. I, you know, um, my good friend, Michael Jordan, he, um, you know, I'm a member at his golf course. And one of his rules or his courses, you know, he doesn't really have many rules. You know, just play fast. That's the only rule he has. Is you don't hold up the, the group behind you, right? So you can dress, wear whatever you want to the golf course. So usually I wear a T-shirt and shorts, you know, just something really casual, really casual. And um, this particular day, Michael was like, hey, I have a photo shoot that I want to do with you and other members at the Grove. Dress up nice. That's what I was told. I said, oh, God, I got to dress up. But, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> All right, so I get to the course. I get to the door and something I, I kind of saw on the side of my eye, like a, like, like Tony's kind of like, you know, shadow, like a reflection. Like, is that Tony? Why is Tony? And I open the door and that's when I see him standing there. And I, I mean, if Tom could stand still at that moment, and I basically did, I could not believe what I was hearing, looking at, um, feeling because it was not, I promise you, it was not on my radar. Um, after I didn't make it last year, you know, it, I kind of like shut off all emotion, shut off all types of um, awareness of where or what time or, or when they make this announcement. I said, hey, if they call me, they call me. If they don't, they don't. And they did, thank God. You just invoked and told a story about Michael Jordan basically being behind the scenes for your Pro Football Hall of Fame announcement. That's amazing, dude. That's I got chills. That, that, <laughs> who else can do that? Like my good friend. Ah, he's in the Hall of Fame. He can do that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's the truth. Though. That is unbelievable. That's a great. That's, that's a remarkable, remarkable story. Uh, and I got chills hearing it, man. Dwight Freeney, Pro Football Hall of Famer, here with us on Amber and Ian on e, on ESPN Radio. For any young, not just athlete, but but any young man or woman. Uh, child out there who has a dream of being a doctor, a lawyer, a pro baseball player, basketball player, whatever it may be, what advice would you have if they are thinking right now, if they're having doubts about chasing that dream? I would probably say, you know, um, one of the big successes for me was just sacrifice, you know, and give it your all. You know, you're not going to be able to do everything. You know, and sometimes you have to sacrifice some of the things you you may want to do, you know, hang out with your boys or go to the club or whatever it is, you know, uh, maybe you have to spend more hours in the book studying, you know, doing those types of things. Give it your all 
and then kind of let the chips fall where they may fall. Wherever it goes after that, it goes. As long as you can control the things that you can control and do as much as you possibly can on that side of it, then it, whether it be meant to be, it's going to be. Or if it isn't, it isn't. But as long as you handle your business, um, then, hey, it is what it is. You can sleep well at night. Yeah, you'll never regret trying as long as you give it your all. That's for sure. Dwight Freeney, 2024 NFL Hall of Famer, joining us here on Amber and Ian. Dwight, I got to ask you about the current state of the NFL. Are the Kansas City Chiefs annoying? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, <laughs> awesome to, it's awesome to see, um, to be quite honest with you. Um, I remember, you know, being on a team that would be in the conversation consistently. These guys are doing it and doing it at a high level and things and, and the team keeps changing and they keep doing it. Um, so I love seeing excellence. I love seeing, you know, a team to go out there and, and play at their highest level when it matters. So I, I love seeing it to be quite honest with you. I, I have no, I have no problems. with it. How would you defend Patrick Mahomes? You know, it's funny, you know, it's, I was having a conversation not too long ago and, um, I think he is so good at recognizing coverages. Um, but the key is when he doesn't and he doesn't throw the ball, it's up to the guys up front to get after him. And I think for me, if I was playing with our, you know, Robert Mathis and other guys up front, Ryan Brock, et cetera, we would mix it up up front. And we would make those rush lanes or those scramble lanes very confusing for him so he doesn't know where to go to help buy more time. That's the only thing you got, all right? Now, you have four down linemen, and you got six open, two open gaps, right? There's a down lineman in each gap. So, really, you're working at a disadvantage anyway from a defensive line perspective. But if you can mix it up a little bit, and, and a lot of prayer after that, you might have an opportunity to get him down. And a little prayer after that. I love it. That coming from a Hall of Famer. Hey, you, look, you won one, lost one uh, when it comes to the Super lost, Bowls. Lost two. Don't, uh, like, I, 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 I forgot about the other one. Yeah, two. I know. I forgot yeah, about the other one. Forget about it. Not cool. Yeah, and I don't even know why I brought it up. You know, us Louisiana boys, we're not the smartest tools in the shed. But anyway, <laughs> hey, what, when the grind, I mean, they've just gone back to back, and they're talking about a three-peat. If you can sum up the grind to get to one, to win one, and then much less trying to defend it, and now even forget that, trying to go for a three-peat because you've been there. Yeah, I mean, look, every year you go out, you're, you have a bullseye on your back, okay? And everyone beat, wants to beat the top dog. And for Kansas City, you know, what they do best is they play best when it matters, all right? And, and when it matters the most is the playoffs. You have no more opportunities to mess up. You mess up, you go home. Um, so I think for what they do, is, is like I said, you know, hats off to them. You know, um, you hadn't seen what they've done in a while since the Patriots, right? So, you know, they are going out creating this dynasty, and everyone knows it, and they're still doing it. And, um, you know, I can see them winning a couple more, you know, as long as Patrick is there, Travis is there, and Andy Reid's there, Spags, he's done a great job defensive coordinator. He always 
finds a way to get that defense playing in the playoffs. And as long as that core group is there, they always have a chance. Dude, does does Jordan give you strokes? Or do you give Jordan strokes on the golf course? I give him strokes. He has like 30 more years of experience <laughs> than, I do, than I do on the golf course. That's what I give him. I give him crap. That's my only thing I got. I love it. You've been playing, you know, playing golf when I was in diapers. All right, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> oh, what an amazing give me, give story, that, though. Give me amazing... some time, okay? That's an Man. amazing place for to have found out from Tony Dungy that you were making the hall. Uh, that's pretty cool that it was at Michael Jordan's uh, private golf course there. Dwight Freeney. He's a seven-time Pro Bowler. He has won a Super Bowl, apparently lost a couple as well. We won't get into that. He's won a Super Bowl, and most importantly here now, he is an NFL Hall of Famer. Dwight, thanks for being so gracious with your time. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me. You guys take care. Congrats, 93, man. Appreciate it. Uh, uh, how about Jordan helping arrange how you find out that you're going to Canton? Yep, that's dope. That's Damn. a cool, cool story. Wow. And he seemed genuinely su- – surprised in the video and I'm glad that he explained the golf component of it because he was dressed like he just walked off the golf course and I was thinking was he playing golf did they interrupt him how did that work so I'm glad we asked about that coming up next year on Amber and Ian how much blame does Kyle Shanahan really deserve for the 49ers last two Super Bowl losses that's next on ESPN radio 10 seconds on the clock how many things can you name that are always growing your relationships your skills your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash network this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple jets is better with the thickest crispiest cheesiest detroit style pizza in the country there's no competition right now get five dollars off any eight corner pizza with code eight save that's the number eight s-a-v-e go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. A lot has been made about the decision that Kyle Shanahan made in overtime of Super Bowl 58. To receive the ball first, maybe that decision ends up costing them the game. But also the fact that then after the game... The 49ers players said they didn't even know the overtime rules altogether. And the Kansas City Chiefs players had a very different take on when they knew about the overtime rules. Amber and Ian with you. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. So Kyle Shanahan is the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. He had his exit end of the season post uh, season presser today. And so let's hear from Kyle Shanahan on his thoughts of the players not knowing the overtime rules. We did say, and we told everyone as we were waiting for the coin toss, hey, review everyone with them, make sure they're sure before we go out. So we asked the position coach to do that, but no, I didn't cover it in a meeting on the Super Bowl week. I don't think that changes anything. Um, we did it with our analytics department. We decided that going into the playoffs. What, you know, I think you guys know how I've explained how I make decisions with that stuff in the past. I take all the information I can get. Um, 
especially ones I haven't been in. And um, our analytics felt that was the best way to go. But as you guys know, I don't always just go with that. Uh, I take into account what they say, what they think is right, and then I go off my gut in the heat of battle. And I knew what they felt going into it. And when I think about that during the moments I have to make the decision, I think the type of game it was did match what they felt was the best way to do. It did seem more like a field goal game. Um, and our defense had been out there for a real long time right before that. So uh, it was no, I didn't feel at all to override that at the time. So that was the decision he made. Uh, he said it was a decision that he made based on analytics and based on the way that the game went. John Lynch, he is the San Francisco 49ers general manager. He was also at the press conference today. Here's his thoughts on the decision to get the ball first in OT. Some other context, I believe we just closed, I think it was 11 play drive that we just closed the game with. And when you're playing Mahomes, you're chasing them a lot, you know. So there's a lot of effort that's expended. I think, you know, the context from there is you, you need some time to get fresh. And so all those things play into it. And, and those, those were sound decisions. I wonder if anybody asked the defensive players that, you know, did you need the rest? And I don't know if any of them would admit to that, but that sounds like that was the main reasoning here for why they decided to go with the ball first. Look, I, again, I would not have received, I would have kicked, knowing now that I'm not going to necessarily or hopefully not give Mahomes four downs because you flip it. If you score any points and you have, and we saw, you know, multiple occasions, Third downs that turned into fourth downs on that last drive, and Mahomes converted because you had four downs. But 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 my biggest thing is, and and, and I said this during the game. I was screaming. My my kids are going, "What is wrong with Dad? He's about to have a coronary. He needs to lose some weight. Cut down on red meat. His face is really <laughs> red." On third and four in overtime, I don't I, I don't have as big a problem taking the ball as, as as everyone else does. Would I have done it? No. I mean, but he did. It's on. Once you do that, you're in four down territory yourself, and you got to break on the defensive holding call when you were about to punt to Mahomes with no points. You end up capitalizing, driving the ball all the way down to the four yard line, third and goal from the four. There's no way in hell I'm throwing that ball there. McCaffrey's in a groove. I'm giving the best running back in football the football. Hoping he can get me halfway there. And if he gets me halfway there, you know what we're doing? We're going for it on fourth down. Because in his scenario where he painted out, you know, we're going to, you know, if we only get three, we, you know, we have confidence in our defense. It had been a defensive game. The score was 19-19 to 19 at the end of regulation. If you don't get it on fourth down, you got to go 98 yards. So by your logic, you're, you're planning on holding him to a field goal anyway. So even if they flipped the field on you, the logic that you had going into it to receive the ball in overtime still is there. So my biggest thing was on third and four, you run the stinking rock. That, that's the biggest complaint I have about Kyle Shanahan. But to me, Shanahan is not the reason that they lost. I mean, McCaffrey had a fumble on the opening drive, which was beyond impressive. A punt goes off a, 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 a heel of a player. I mean, you've got a blocked extra point. Now, none of these had anything to do with Kyle Shanahan. But yet, Amber, everyone wants to blame the head coach, and people are forgetting that all this other stuff happened during the game in regulation. Those are all decisions as well that you're right. I mean, we can parse through. We can be critical of. I mean, everyone is so tuned in to this one decision about overtime, in part because we hadn't seen it play out before, because it is a new Good rule. Point. And I, I do think that people are acting a bit too much, 
Like, it was cut and dry. Like, Kyle Shanahan did the most insane thing that's ever been done in the history of the world <laughs> by electing to get the ball first. I mean, it's not that insane. I mean, there, there, there were reasons for it. I, I'm not saying I agree with the reasons for it because I think I would have elected to get the ball second and then to avoid the sudden and death you, issue, you go for two. And you brought up fact, before the playoffs begin, you have to tell your team, hey, remember, reminder, we got a bye week here. Let's spend 10 minutes on uh, overtime rules. They're right. different. That you can be critical of. That I would be hypercritical of Kyle Shanahan and that staff. And that's That's, not just Shanahan. That's position coaches. That's everybody involved in that entire staff. It's all the assistants. It's everybody. Because that should have been a meeting on the bye week when everybody else is in the wild card. That would have been a very easy meeting to have. It stands to reason that some game in the postseason was going to go into overtime and that maybe that game would involve you. You don't need to wait to a, for a Super Bowl for that scenario to present itself. This is an overtime rule for the entire postseason. I'm surprised they didn't have that meeting. But I don't have a problem with if they had had that meeting and they had said, the decision we're doing is still to receive the ball first because there was reasons for it. I, again, I don't necessarily agree with the reasons, but... I also don't agree with the narrative that's out there right now, even on our network, where people are saying, oh, there's no reason. And there are reasons. I mean, the defense, you're giving them rest. You're putting yourself in a position to get the ball in a sudden death scenario because you would get the ball third. So there are reasons for it. I would imagine now less people will do it <laughs> because they just saw it play out and not work for Kyle Shanahan. Also, one of the negatives there about being the guinea pig and going first in that scenario. Coming up next, what does Kyle Shanahan need to do to change this narrative that surrounds him? That's next on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. It's not insane. It's not totally illogical to want the ball first in sudden death. In a sudden death scenario, you would, in fact, want the ball first. I can understand the logic there. Although, now that we've seen it play out in real time... I don't think that's the logic that you actually use against Patrick Mahomes, right? It's the logic. It could be a logical. It could be logical in some situations, and just just not that situation. When no, you're playing uh, that uh, guy. Uh, here, <laughs> the analytics what, aren't for Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> no, he's on a whole different. There, again, there's no algorithm exactly. for that. I mean, when you're playing against that dude wearing number fifteen. And I know we're going to touch on Brock Purdy and hear from him in, in just a moment. But I, I, in our previous segment, Chris Carlin in, in the rejoin, I heard him say, and I had to make sure I heard it correctly, that he believes a year from now that 
Kyle Shanahan will be fired as the San Francisco 49ers head coach. Is that what he said? Is that, am, am I, okay, I'm, okay. I'm getting all right, that well, right. We'll, all right, we'll get to the – okay, let's – we'll start there then since you want to hear this Carlin sound. Chris Carlin, he hosts a show here called Carlin versus Joe, 12 to 3 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. And here is what he said about Kyle Shanahan. One year from now, we're going to be talking about Kyle Shanahan potentially getting fired. Okay, I, don't I, don't know. I, I still don't know. That's all I need to hear. I firmly after that. I think Jed's got to be very happy. We're with good. That's all I, I – who are you going to – Carlin, who are you going to get that's better? Right. The, the man's been, that was just that's taken you to two Super Bowls here. A, a two back to back NFC memory. championship games last year with your third string quarterback who ends up being a boy wonder, completing 70 percent of his passes for over forty two hundred yards. And only two dudes threw for more touchdowns than he did. And we'll tell know we're right. going to touch on party in a moment. But Carlin, who are you getting that's better? You're not. You're not getting anybody better than two. That's Super insane. Bowls in five years. You're not getting anybody better. I mean, you know, even even the stuff in in Kyle Shanahan's career that we chastise him for the blown lead. It, it, it was in another Super Bowl, by the way, when he was the OC in Atlanta. Like uh, these things. Yes, there are decisions that we can criticize when they're coming in Super Bowls. <laughs> like I'll sign up as a Dolphins fan. Get me to a Super Bowl. Saints sure. fan. You know what? I would like yes. to complain about what we did in a Super Bowl. Please let me complain. <laughs> About a play in a Super Bowl. And Correct. by the way, we talk about, okay, now he's lost twice as a head coach to Mahomes. Who was the quarterback in the Super Bowl he lost as an offensive coordinator? That he Brady. Lost to? to Tom Brady. He, to he's Tom lost Brady. to point, Tom Tara. Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, two of the greatest he, quarterbacks of all time. He's Jerry Sloan. I mean, <laughs> with Stockton and Malone, right? I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, I, I can't, again. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Kyle Shanahan's overall record as a head coach in the, in the playoffs, he's 8-4. and four. He's doubling up wins to losses. But two of his losses happen to be in the Super Bowl against, to, to Terrace Point, is filling in for James tonight. Terrace, uh, Terrace Lejewski, Sister Sledge here with us on ESPN Radio. Well, three Tim losses Brady, now. And, well, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, but still. Three losses yeah, Three now. losses in so, the Super Bowl. The one thing I will say that we can be critical of those three losses is they were blown leads, all three of them. The one thing I said before we went into the Super Bowl that Kyle Shanahan cannot do is blow a lead. And again, they were up 10 points but, in the first quarter, a double-digit lead, and his team ends up losing that game. So that is store, sort of the story of Kyle Shanahan in the postseason. But did he fumble on that opening drive where he called a great opening drive and he's in the red zone? Did he fumble? Right. No, no he did not. Did he have he didn't a punt, have the go, kick, off the punt go off his heel? He didn't no. do any of those things. Did he miss an extra point, he didn't miss which the came extra to, point. was crucial to deciding this game? I mean, he did none of that. Players are, are not, for some reason, we want to barbecue coaches and molasses, right? Instead of holding players accountable, also. I, I just don't, I, I will never understand that as long as I live. And to say that he's going to be, he would not be surprised if he's going to be fired. At the end of the of next season, after he's gone to two Super Bowls, multiple NFC Championship games, and three of his four losses happen to be in the damn Super Bowl with an eight and four playoff record, my question to anybody saying Kyle Shanahan is going to be jettisoned as the head coach of the Niners: Who are you getting that's better?
Well, to be fair, Bill have Belichick's out there. I'm kidding. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, Bill true. Belichick's out there, but I'm kidding. But also, Patrick Mahomes now has three double-digit comebacks in the Super Bowl. So if we're going to place all this blame on Shanahan for blowing the leads, then we're pretty much saying, oh, well, Mahomes isn't doing anything special. He just keeps winning these Super Bowls because the coach he's faced twice keeps blowing these leads like you get well like maybe i'm looking at this too deeply but aren't we taking away from mahomes if we keep pointing to shanahan and these super bowl losses obviously we all think mahomes is special but the only thing that i'll say to that tara is kyle shanahan had the better team and certainly had the better offense and and the better well you could argue also that defense against that offense because this season there were so many holes in that Chiefs offense that this was the season. And I get it's Patrick Mahomes, but outside of Mahomes on that offense, this was the season you should have been able to stop that comeback. And if you look at the roster here for the 49ers, there's a reason that they were a point and a half favorite on ESPN bet, right? This was supposed to be the better team, as maybe crazy as it sounds, because Patrick Mahomes is on the other team. That's just the reality of the situation. The roster was there, and he's still coughing up double-digit leads. There, I, I'm not... I'm not with the people. I'm not with Carlin saying that he's going to get fired next season or that he's on the hot seat. Although, listen, I did just see Nick Sirianni in a Super Bowl, and now all of a sudden people are talking about him being in a hot seat. So it does happen that quickly. I don't agree with it, though, when it comes to Kyle Shanahan. I think that's a bit ridiculous. But I also don't fully agree with the notion that he is is Teflon against any criticism whatsoever because I do think that there are portions of that game that we can be very critical of some of those decisions by Kyle Shanahan. Mina Kimes, ESPN's NFL analyst, was on NFL Live, though, and she said that the 49ers did not lose that game because their head coach. When you look at those games he's lost, the Super Bowls, the championships, I mean, one of them, he lost his quarterback, literally ran out of quarterbacks. Um, And then when we talk about him going against the Chiefs, they didn't lose those games because of Kyle Shanahan, they lost because they were going head-to-head with the best quarterback in the NFL, with a defensive play caller who I think history will look back on as one of the best uh, in the history of the sport, and this year one of the best defenses in the league. Did he make some game management decisions? Yeah, you know, I I criticize the uh, lack of a timeout at the end of the first half. You can quibble over the overtime decision, but there are so many fluky things that decide a Super Bowl, whether it's a guy, the ball bouncing off of a guy's foot on a punt return or an extra point being missed that I think it's really unfair to point entirely at the head coach when his play calling, his brilliant sequencing, his ability to put defenses in conflict is what put them in that position to begin with. I want to hug her right so now. So Kyle Shanahan certainly deserves the credit for where they were. But again, I, I do think he deserves some of the criticism. The answer can't just always be, well, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the rest of the National Football League can't just lay down and say, well, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the reality was this Chiefs offense was not unbeatable this season, Ian, by any stretch. I agree. But that defense was remarkably underrated, and I don't think we gave, have given them enough credit. Well, you and I did last night. But right. that defense deserves a ton of credit for what they were able to do. Uh, Spags is one of the best in the business. And, oh, by the way, just going into game within the game, and Mina basically – I hadn't heard that clip. Um, uh, from earlier today on NFL Live, but she basically rattled off all the same things that we were talking about. Players need to be held more accountable in monster games like this for what they did or did not do. And, you know, we didn't even mention Dre Greenlaw, the turf monster tearing his Achilles when he's coming back on the field. I mean, you don't think that guy can make one play that can change a, a game? 
I mean, it's, you know, I, I, the, the whole Shanahan, you know, and, and what can he do to, to change his narrative? Well, I mean, when he'll, he'll be the first one to tell you that. But I think for some reason, and maybe you can explain it to me like I'm a three-year-old, is it the 28-3 meltdown, uh, which, you know, he, he did call oh, an all, awful yeah. second game. Is that is that because that's hanging over his head, that that's why we have this remarkable, not we, but I'm, I'm talking about the proverbial we, right, that, you know, uh, he just can't get it done in a big game? Because the narrative was coming into this postseason, his teams are front runners. Well, Brock Purdy in that offense had to come from behind not once but twice. And in the NFC Championship game, they had to come back down 17 and found a way to get it done. So that was gone, right? Okay, we're not front runners anymore. Now it's what? That we can't win the big game? I mean, again, it is the best football player in the world you're going up against. How many people have beaten him? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, well, okay. But, I mean, I, I don't know if that's uh, – again, somebody's going to have to find a way to – beat Patrick Mahomes. We can't just say, eh, it's Patrick Mahomes. Agreed. So you get a pass. I mean, it, it was a beatable Chiefs team. This was the season. This was the season. If you were going to do it, Kyle Shanahan had the roster, arguably, to do it. And you just can't erase the three double-digit blowing leads in Super Bowls. They're just going to be part of his story. Now, I'm also old enough to remember the same conversation around Andy Reid before he met Great a guy point. named Patrick Mahomes as a head coach in Kansas City and changed the whole thing as successful as he had been that dude was before fired that point in, Philly. in his career. Essentially, essentially, yeah, he had had a lot of success in his career, but he had that narrative, can't win the big one until he won the big one, and now he's done it three times. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, we've discussed the criticism of Kyle Shanahan. How much criticism does Brock Purdy deserve for the 49ers Super Bowl loss? That's next on ESPN Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we've been a little bit uh, critical of Kyle Shanahan, not so much we, but more like the country has been a little critical of Kyle Shanahan after that Super Bowl 58 loss. There's also been some criticism around Brock Purdy, but very little. I haven't heard much of it. We heard a lot more of it before the Super Bowl than I think we've heard since the Super Bowl. I feel like Kyle Shanahan is the one taking it on the chin, really, for that overtime decision. Kyle Shanahan, he came out after the Super Bowl, and he defended his quarterback. Let's hear from Shanahan. Um, I, mean, I thought Brock was unbelievable. I mean, it's, you know, everyone has plays in a game, every single person um, that you want to take back. But um, Brock not turning the ball over in that game, making a number of plays, um, taking us down there um, to take the lead earlier on. I mean, at the very end of the game to take us down to um, make the, take the lead. Um, I thought... You know, we, we didn't get it done, so none of us, all of us obviously could have done another thing. But I was real happy with Brock played and real happy with how he played this year. And I thought Brock was unbelievable. I mean, one of the most impressive seasons I've been around um, for a football player and a quarterback. And um, he was just a stud through it all. Definitely does not sound 
like a coach who wants anything to do with moving on from his quarterback in. Why would you? I mean, there's only two dudes that throw for more, threw for more touchdown passes in Purdy. Uh, he threw for what completed damn near 70% of his passes, over 4,200 yards. Um, he, he led the NFL in yards per attempt. Nobody completed more passes for yards per attempt than Howdy Doody out there in San Francisco. Yet, because – and that's why I don't understand why he needs defending. I mean, if, if he was drafted in the first round or the second round or one pick higher or an undrafted free agent, we're not questioning this guy. But because he has a tag of Mr. Irrelevant, I firmly believe that's the only reason anybody is questioning anything about the dude. I think it's Jimmy Garoppolo as well. I think it's the Jimmy Garoppolo effect because now we've seen them both lose a Super Bowl. We've seen them both get to a Super Bowl. We've seen both quarterbacks have success in Kyle Shanahan's system. And I don't think it's fair, frankly, to either of them. Who cares? I mean, Jimmy G's biggest problem, in my opinion, was durability, really. And, and I can understand why they would have wanted to move on from him because of a durability perspective. They were supposed to move on from him to Trey Lance. Trey Lance clearly didn't work in that system. I don't know if Trey Lance is going to work in any system, Ian. I frankly don't know if Trey Lance is ever going to get much of an opportunity in the National Football League. So that was a huge swing and a miss from John Lynch in that 49ers front office, even drafting Trey Lance and trading up in order to draft Trey Lance. But they sort of corrected the situation with landing on Brock Purdy at the back of the draft. And I I don't know if Brock Purdy is going to end up being a top-tier quarterback. I'm not willing to put him there. But also... I'm not willing to not. For me, the jury's still out. I mean, he looks good. I don't know why, if I was the 49ers, why I wouldn't just want to continue forth with him. And certainly they're going to end up having to pay him at some point. Right now they pay him a whole lot of nothing. So that's going to not be so fun from a salary cap perspective. But if he gets you to a Super Bowl, he played pretty well in the Super Bowl. Yes, he's not Patrick Mahomes, but also nobody is. (laughs) So as long as you have a very solid quarterback who can run your system, That's really what most NFL teams are looking for. Christian McCaffrey, the San Francisco 49ers running back, had very high praise for his quarterback. Yeah, I think it was what he did was historic and and unbelievable, man. I mean, I think people forget, you know, he was a rookie quarterback that was the last pick of the draft and came in, you know, midway through his season and then uh, had to get an elbow surgery in the offseason. So his real first year of starting in the NFL. Um, he didn't throw a football till training camp to, to one of us. So it's pretty impressive what what he managed to do. And then to be the MVP of our team was, you know, pretty incredible. Lucky he's on our team. Obviously, it's impressive what he's done here over the last two seasons. How could you really say anything else? A lot of people are for some stupid reason, and I don't get it. I, I, I really don't. I'll be, I, like, I'll be honest, my hands up. I completely had a brain fart on the off-season elbow surgery where people were wondering would he be back for the start of the season. And that right. didn't that guy didn't throw a single pass as you just heard CMC say to anybody of his teammates until training camp. No OTAs, no nothing. Zero, zilch, nada. And I mean so I completely forgot about all the grind of rehab and everything else and wondering will we make it for the start of the year? Yet here he is in the Super Bowl going to overtime. And to the last 30 seconds of the game in overtime against Patrick Mahomes and the defending champs. Yet, so many people want to hike their leg on this young man like he's a fire hydrant. I don't get it. Well, and he was on the sidelines when they lost that game. You have to be clear about that. I mean, yes, it would have been better if they had scored a touchdown. But either way, Patrick Mahomes would have gotten an opportunity to go ahead and try to match it. 
he was sitting there, Brock Purdy, helpless at the end of the game there, watching that defense not be able to stop Patrick Mahomes. The only thing I will say, though, about the overtime is that Brock Purdy himself apparently wasn't aware. So it wasn't just, you know, Kyle Juszczyk and some of these other 49ers players that we heard say they didn't know the overtime rule. Even the quarterback apparently learned about the overtime rule right before he was running onto the field. Here is Brock Purdy, the San Francisco 49ers quarterback. Uh, No, I knew. Uh, Before that, I asked Greasy on the sideline before we went into overtime, like, hey, just to clarify, like, what are the rules? And he goes, it's the playoffs. So... He explained the rules to me and everything, so I I had an understanding of it. Okay, but it was right. I mean, that made it sound like that was a little confusing because he said, I knew, but then he went on to say, I had Greasy clarify. So was that the first time that you were aware there was a new rule? was right before you ran on the field (laughs) in overtime? For people just tuning in, that that, that is the the only – there's two. Running, throwing it on third and four in overtime, I would have run it. I was shocked that that Kyle Can- Shanahan called a pass play, and then you have a backup right tackle that lets Chris Jones come in unblocked. I mean, I, I, that he was just a wrecking machine. It, that that's that's the biggest one. The other one, and you brought this up, and I thought it was an outstanding point when you said earlier in the show, forget addressing it. The overtime, the new overtime postseason rules, and the in the Super Bowl week. Why aren't you doing that during the bye week going into the playoffs? Because they had to come from behind in a close game against Green Bay and down 17 and come from behind to beat Detroit in the NFC Championship game. Whereas on the other side, the attention to detail with Andy Reid and the Chiefs, they were talking about this in training camp. So you're spot on. Not only should it have been addressed during the two weeks prior to the Super Bowl, but it really should have been addressed, to your point, and I didn't think about that, during their bye week as the one seed going into the playoffs where it could have happened in the divisional round against Green Bay. It certainly should have been addressed. It absolutely should have been addressed as they went into a postseason because it stood to reason that they might be involved in an overtime game in the postseason. Didn't necessarily need to be the Super Bowl by any means. So I'm surprised that wasn't addressed. I'm surprised they weren't more aware of it. If Brock Purdy, I guess he knew when he ran onto the field, because if he didn't know, like the rest of the players, right? Like they're all claim, like with the, do, do the rest of the players there, do the 49ers, if they score a touchdown, do they think that they won the game then? Could you imagine <laughs> if they would have scored like, a they touchdown? they rushing the field? Oh my God. Because <laughs> they said they didn't know the overtime rule. So do you not know it? Do you think then that you, you score a touchdown and you think the game's over? Can you and it's even not? imagine? Like, where's the confetti? Wild. <laughs>